hours a day. There was a day where the father said, son, it's time. And he sent him and he made a way for us through the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus willingly went for us to come into relationship with him, experience the love of God, the father to see his glory. And so even now, while we are here still tied to this flesh that continues to want to drag us down, we have the Holy Spirit of God in us that continues to reveal to us as we grow in our relationship with him, his magnificent glory. But one day, as we just proclaimed, he's going to invite each one of us into his eternal glory. And... We will see and know. Like, how do you explain the glory we're going to see in that day? We can't do it. But we're going to be there one day. Praise Jesus for the cross, right? Pray with me. Father, I hardly know where to go from here when I think about that incredible sacrifice, this magnificent expression of your love that is beyond compare. We cannot understand that you would send your son to die for wretched humanity, to make a way for us to experience and see your glory and your love and then to make a way for us into your eternal kingdom. Praise be to you. Father, as we gather together now as your your children, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as you call us to be unified together, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would would fall on us in, in real and fresh ways this morning, that you would show us who you are, Lord, that you would do the speaking, that you would bring crystal clarity to your word. We pray this all in Jesus, your mighty name. Amen. All right, kids, I understand that uh, it's time for you to go. And so head on over to your um, portion of this morning's worship experience. Yesterday, or no, um, Friday, this is... uh, Friday, I had to go to the library and continue in the sermon, this passage. And um, as, I, as I sat there, I, I just couldn't, I'm an outline guy. And this is a hard one to outline. Jasper and I talked about that. How do you outline John chapter 17? If you watch John MacArthur preach it, he does it like in nine sermons. And it's like you can't even make sense of whatever outline he decided to use for those nine weeks. And so, so, so Friday morning, I'm sitting in the library trying to organize the magnificent truths that come out of this passage that are intended for you and me today. Jesus praying for us. And I, it's like dawning on me. The, the Lord is clearly laying on my heart. Here's what I want the church to walk away with. Seeing and understanding and knowing and experiencing the magnificent love of God the Father. And so as I'm wrapped up in trying to make sense of this, being broken by this this magnificent truth, that we through Jesus Christ have access to the love of God. So overwhelmed by it, weeping, I'm not even connecting dots that 
It's actually Father's Day when you're going to be preaching about the love of God the Father that we can experience through through Jesus Christ. And all around you are going to be sitting men who are in a position where they are to be expressions of love, the love of God the Father to their families. I love how God ordains things. And it's my prayer and it's my hope as I think through that even right now. Church, I, that you could join me in being thankful for your father. Like I think back to my father and who he is today and who he was to me growing up. I am so very thankful for his expressions of love, the love of God the Father through to me. The grace and the mercy and the patience he extended to me, the love that he extended to me as he raised me. So magnificent. A way for me to see and know the love of God the Father through my Father. But I know there are some probably sitting in here today that have not experienced a Christ-like, a God-centered love through the Father that you were provided with. And I want to say this to you. Today is a great moment for you. Like wondering what does the love of the Father look like when I didn't have an example in my life. Today is a day where the Lord can peel back your eyes, remove the blinders so that you can see the one who is much more perfect in his expression of love toward you than your father ever could have been here on earth. He loved you so much and he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, a love that we cannot comprehend, to die on the cross, to rescue you from yourself, to bring you into eternal and everlasting relationship with God the Father so that you can experience his love. That's what today is, Father's Day. Jesus prays. He prays for you and me. We're going to see that today. All right, so um, these are, a couple of weeks ago, I got to like share Jesus' final, final words when he said to us, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. And we began this series in January chapter, or January chapter 6. January 6th, we began this series um, called Real Peace because we, we believe that that's something that was lacking in our church, that they were, we were struggling to find peace. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, a loving relationship with the Father, except through me. He says, and he's given us access through him into this relationship and then with, with the Father. And his final words are this. Hey, listen, you're going to have trouble in this world. You're going to have tribulation. But he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. Last words he said to the disciples before he entered into this prayer that we see in John chapter 17. It is the actual Lord's Prayer because it is the one, it's the one that Jesus actually prayed to the Father. Starting with, you learned two weeks ago through Jasper, starting with praying for himself that he would be, that he would receive the glory that God the Father would give him so that he could in turn then become a direct and perfect reflection of that glory. And all for the purpose of glorifying God the Father by revealing the Father through himself to each one of us. That was his purpose. God, I want to glorify you by representing you in everything I do. And Jesus did it perfectly. And then last week, we see Jesus, he moves on to praying for the disciples, those 11 that were with him. You remember, 
He said, Jesus is praying for our preservation, our protection from the evil one. And I love that prayer. Not only is it available, was it made for the disciples? It's made for you and me. We're going to see that um, as we enter into verse 20 today. But he prays that we would be protected from the evil one. Not that we would be taken out of the world, but that we would be protected from the evil one. And I praise God for that prayer. I praise God for that prayer because I wonder what it would be like tied to my nasty flesh, dealing with all of the temptations that the world has for me, and then being able or being exposed to the full attack of the enemy and whatever he is able to do to me. I praise God, Jesus, for that prayer of protection and preservation from the enemy. And then he also prays not just for our protection, but also our sanctification. He wants us to be sanctified. He wants us, just as Jesus glorified God the Father, as we are sanctified, becoming more and more Christ-like, we are becoming a better and better representation of the glory of God. That's what he wants from us. Preservation and sanctification. And then today, we look at Jesus' final, final words of prayer to God the Father. He prays for himself. He prays for the disciples, and then he prays for you and me. He prays for you and me. And so, when I've read, I read this, I've read this passage so many, so many times. And here's what, here's the temptation. When we think about Jesus 2,000 years praying for us, that's what we think. He's praying for us. He's praying for the church. But I want you right in this moment to think this and to know this. Jesus was not just praying for us in that moment. There were faces and names of everyone that God the Father had marked. From that moment until the time he returns, faces and names that he was praying for, specifically you. Not just us, but think in terms of him praying for you. And Jesus is praying for you and me. And this is his absolute and most grand purpose behind his prayer. So if you, don't, if you walk away with anything today, these are the two things that I want to make sure you know that you need to walk away with. He wants you He is praying that you would be able to see and know and experience the magnificent love of God the Father. That's why Jesus came, because he wanted to make a way for you to be in everlasting, loving relationship with God the Father. And here's the next. That as we, you and I, experience this magnificent love of God the Father, Father, others around us would be compelled to share in the same Father's love. He wants us to experience it, and as we experience it and know the love of God the Father, others would be compelled by the love that they see us experiencing So much so that they would be attracted and drawn into relationship with Jesus Christ and ultimately to the Father. So 
So turn with me now to John chapter 17, verses 20 to 26. And as we read through this, please, please keep in mind what drove Jesus was his loving relationship with the Father, and that's what he wants us to know. All right, here we go. John chapter 17, verses 20 to 26. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Lord, I pray that your word would be clear today as we spend time in it. So here's the thesis verse. If there is a verse that can describe the entirety of Jesus' prayer, and not just his prayer, but his life and his ministry, it's verse 23. This verse is actually a sermon in and of itself. We could spend the entire day talking about verse 23 because it is a, um, and a, a very concise description of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, and we see it in this prayer. So look at verse 23. He says, I end them. That's Jesus. That's the beginning of salvation for us. I in them. Jesus is saying to God the Father. This is where it begins for them. They come into relationship with me. They get your preservation. They get your protection. They get your sanctification. It's the beginning. I in them and you in me. And so as they come into relationship with me, God the Father, as they accept who I am, they are clearly also in relationship with you, and we are able to share our oneness with them, this magnificent, loving relationship that you have with me, Father. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, that we together would be expressions of As we have Jesus and the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit in us, that we would take the unity that exists between the Father and the Son, that we would take it and we would express it toward each other. That we would be perfectly one. Now listen, we know this. The day of perfect unity does not come until Christ returns, but it is his desire that we continue to move toward that. That we are expressing oneness together as brothers and sisters in Christ that they may become perfectly one so that, here's the entire purpose of it, so that the world may know that you sent me, and here it is, and loved them even as you loved me. That the world may know that the Father sent Jesus. And look at those last seven words. Loved them even as you loved me. 
God loves Jesus. That makes sense, doesn't it? Jesus is perfect in everything. He never sinned. He never contradicted the Father. He never fought with the Father. He was always in submission to the Father. Reciprocating the love to the Father that the Father gave to him. God gives, God the Father gives Jesus his glory. And what does Jesus do? But he turns it right back and turns the focus on God the Father. Perfect in everything he does. Makes sense that God the Father would love the Son. But what about you? What about me? So here's a test for you. If you're having a hard time accepting, well, let me put it this way. If you need help understanding the challenge of believing that God the Father would love me, let's do it this way. I want you to choose your social media platform. All right? Choose your social media platform. And if you don't have a social media platform, I want you to pick a billboard along the busiest road where you know your friends and family are going to go past. If that's not enough, stand on a street corner and start declaring who you are. All right? Now, here's what we're tempted to do. This isn't what we're tempted to do. While we are tempted to do it, this is what we do. Your social media platform declares what? The best of you. You say where you're going. You show what you're wearing. You show your magnificent thoughts. You are talking about how absolutely awesome you are. That's what we do. Now... How many thumbs up do you get? How many likes do you get? Like, you're really awesome on, online. Now, now, here's what we need to do. Your social media platform, your billboard, doesn't just declare all the good stuff about you. It has to declare everything about you. Everything. Everything from every place your feet have taken you, both good and bad. Everything that you have put your hand to both good and bad. Every word you have ever spoken, both good and bad. Everything that you've set your eyes on, both good and bad. Every thought that has ever passed through your mind, both good and bad. All of this on full display for the entire world to see how many friends are you going to have left. Who's going to care to spend one moment with someone like that? We are extremely hard to love. I bet your friend zone would shrink and shrink and shrink. But God the Father loves you just like he loves Jesus, the perfect one. I pray today that that is mind-boggling and mind-blowing to you. That God loves you just like he loves Jesus. The grand purpose for Jesus in this prayer and in the life of ministry that he was here on earth, that you would know the love of God the Father and that as you experience the love of God the Father, those around you would see that's a really awesome love that I want to know as well. So two important questions as we continue on into this. How have I experienced 
the love of God. So start thinking, how have I experienced the love of God? How am I experiencing the love of God? Here's a second one. How have I expressed the love of God the Father? Or how am I expressing the love of God the Father? Jesus knows love. And so he prays because that we would experience that love because he wants us to know it. So let's walk down through this passage. Once again, hard to outline, but here's what we need to make sense of first. Who is Jesus actually praying for? Because that's what he says. I'm not praying just for the disciples, but I'm praying for those who are going to believe in me. And so my pray to God, I pray to God today that that is actually you, that you have accepted who the person of Jesus Christ is, because if you have, then this prayer applies to you. Look at verse 20. I do not ask for these only, that is the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That those who would believe in Jesus through the word of the disciples. Now, imagine this. I'm so happy that Jesus prayed that. Because imagine now the disciples... They saw what happened to Jesus. They wondered what happened to Jesus. They see the risen Jesus. They see him ascend into heaven. They have, the, they have this most magnificent truth, this expression of God's love through Jesus who is now ascended into heaven and they sit down together and they just love on each other and never share the love of Christ with anyone else. What happens if that happens? You and I are not here. There is not a church established. The disciples die with the truth, and forever the message never gets out. But instead, the disciples took, they took this, and through the book of Acts, they expanded the church through the word, the testimony, their word about who Jesus was, And from them to 2,000 years worth of generations, you'll read in verse 26 that Jesus continued his work through those that would come to him so that after the disciples and 2,000 years worth of, of generations declaring the love of God the Father through Jesus Christ that you and I would be able to be here today. What an amazing expression of the love of God the Father through the Son Jesus to us. He's praying for those who will believe based on the word. For those who will believe. Look at, if you go back to verse 9, Jesus says, I'm praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And here's what I know. Jesus doesn't want it just to stop with you and me. There are those that are still in the world that God wants to draw into himself through you and me, and he intends to use you, just like he used the disciples and 2,000 years worth of generations before. Those who believe through their word. It's crazy to think. Jesus is always behind this. I made known, verse 26, to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, continues his work. That's who Jesus is praying for, those who have received that truth, knowing who Jesus is, all right? What's Jesus praying for? That's who he's praying for. What is he praying for? Jasper prayed it or preached it last week. He's praying for, or he's, pre, he's praying, Jesus is praying for our protection. He's praying for our sanctification. And today, the passage that he prays specifically for you and me, the overarching prayer is this, 
that we would be unified. That's what he's praying, that we would be unified. Because that's where the expression of the love of God the Father through the Son, Jesus, comes to us and we display it to a world that's watching. Look at verses 21, 22, and 23. He prays that they may all be one. He says it three times in these three verses, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, expression of oneness, that they also may be in us, unified, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That's the grand purpose. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. For what purpose? That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved me even as you loved me. Perfectly one. So let's, let's take a look at the body of Christ. Whatever your church experience has been, let's take a look at maybe even your marriage. All right? Two that have been brought together to express the love of God the Father toward each other so that the world would know. Perfectly one. You're perfectly one. That's what he wants. All right? And you're like, nope. Can't get there. Can't get there. Because look, if you take your marriage, you start right here. I've done it a number of times. I stand here. The groom stands here. The bride stands here. And they are declaring their love for one another. And they're going to glorify God. And because of their own Selfish desires and expectations for what marriage is supposed to be. This is typically what happens. Whether, even though they walk physically down this aisle together, this is what begins to happen typically until the Lord brings a change. The groom walks down that aisle spiritually and the bride walks down that aisle spiritually. Because they have an expectation of the way that this love is supposed to be expressed and experienced in the marriage. No way. No way can we bring unity. There is no way that I can be unified with my wife. There's no way I can be unified with my spouse. Bring it to the church level. You know what? There's this doctrine over here and there's this doctrine over here that have done nothing but cause divisiveness and division in the church. Can't be unified because we disagree. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But you're talking about the love of God the Father pressed through the person of Jesus Christ into your life and into mine. And it can happen. It can absolutely happen. And here's why. Let's look at the example of the disciples. We've shared this with you before. There was one called Simon the Zealot, who was one of the disciples. And then there was another who was called Matthew, the tax collector. Matthew liked to work with Rome in order to pad his own pockets. So he was taking advantage of his own people, taking advantage of his own people for his own sake in cooperation with Rome. Then on the other side, you have Simon the Zealot, who was ready to kill Rome and anyone that would side with them. And Jesus brings them together and unifies them because of who he is and the message he brings. So if there is a moment where you are thinking there is no way we can express the unity that Jesus is praying for in our marriage or in relationship with others in the church, you're wrong because you're talking about Jesus Christ. It's what he prayed for. It's what he prayed for. 
and through relationship with Jesus Christ, receiving the love of God the Father, he gives us these most magnificent tools called grace. Grace and mercy and patience. All of these things that he extends to us sinners while we still are being sanctified. He intends for us to take them from him and use the glory that comes from them and express those toward that toward each other. That's what Jesus is praying for, our unity. I pray, if you are struggling right now with accepting that truth, man, we stand ready to talk with you about that. If your marriage right now is not declaring the love of God the Father, humble yourself before him. Express the glory of God that you've received through Jesus Christ to your spouse through grace and love and mercy and preference. That's what Jesus is praying for. So why did Jesus pray this prayer? This brings us to the grand purpose. Yes, he wants you to experience the love of God the Father. That's what he wants. You to express, excuse me, to experience the love of God the Father and also to express it, and this is why, verse 23, Jesus says, I and them and you and me, perfect unity, that they may become perfectly one. Why? Here it is. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Jesus wants us to experience the love of God the Father because Jesus wants more and more people who are still captivated by the things of this world, the cheap love that the world has to offer through whatever. He wants us to express this love to one another in such a way that the world, that others from the world would be captivated and compelled to experience this same love. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's an amazing truth. Now get this. All right, he wants, he wants you So a part of this whole grand purpose, that we would know the love of God the Father, that we would express it to the world that's watching on. Now let's go back to the beginning of chapter 14, all right? We sang about this. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. So believe in the Father, believe also in me. And then what does he say? In my Father's house are many rooms. He's going to prepare a place for us, Jesus says. And if he goes to prepare a place for us, what's he going to do? He's going to come again and take us to where he is, we may be also. In God's house are many rooms, many rooms for you and for me. So as we express the love of God the Father to the world and they're compelled by it, they are given security for their position in the eternal kingdom that Jesus is going to bring one day when he comes back. Look at verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Jesus wants us to be with him. What a grand expression of the love of God. Look at, we just went to Ireland and incredible experience going to Ireland. Took picture after picture after picture. And you know this, 
wanting to bring them home to, to help people understand the experience we just had in this beautiful place called Ireland. But you all know, you've done it. The pictures never measure up. They never do justice because they're not seeing and experiencing and smelling and hearing and everything that you got to experience on your vacation. It just falls short. What did Jesus spend his entire life, three-year ministry doing? Saying things like this, the kingdom of heaven is like... The kingdom of God is like. Jesus knows while he was here on earth, he's not, he can't fully explain that glorious experience of eternity in heaven. So what, this is what we have. We have just a glimpse as we are in relationship with him here in this broken world. We are getting a glimpse of the glory that Jesus desires for us to see. But a part of the grand purpose is for us to one day Isn't it crazy that Jesus desires that we would be where he is? That's the love of God the Father flowing through Jesus to you and me. Because here's what we know. Right now, we are in the kingdom, but not experiencing it to its fullest. One day, we're going to step in to the eternal kingdom of God that is not tainted by the sin of mankind, that is not ever broken. We're going to stand And Jesus wants us there because that is, he wants us to see the glory of God the Father. That place is the fullest and most complete expression of the glory of God. And that's what he wants us to see when he says, I desire that you would be with me. The grand purpose. It's amazing that we get to be a part of that. The love of God the Father. The love of God the Father. I want to close with a few questions. Keep in mind, I want to reiterate the grand purpose. Is that you, is that you are experiencing the love of the Father. Here's why that's so important. Because if you are not experiencing, if you have not experienced the love of God the Father, you cannot express it. You can't do it. And so a question for you is this. How are you experiencing the love of God the Father? Because if you're not, you can't express it. If you can't express it, you're not a part of the fulfillment of the world seeing and knowing and being compelled by the love of God the Father. And you're like, man, I can't. I don't know that love. I just don't know it. Well, let me help you. All right? When you come into that loving relationship with him and your, your social media display of who you are and everyone's leaving you because of who you are, he makes this promise that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. So no matter what you display, it's on full display for God. He sees and knows everything about you and yet he never will leave you or forsake you. That's love. That's love. How many times have you seen someone say, I can't take it anymore, can't take it anymore, can't take it anymore, I'm tired of that person, I'm out of here. Not God. When he makes a promise, he keeps it. That is love. You are experiencing love by him never leaving you. That's not enough. Let's go straight to the cross. I can't, nor can you, ever make sense of this truth, that the Father 
gave up his only son Father's Day. Dads, imagine. Imagine lining up your kids saying, put them to death for the sake of those sinners over there. Can't. I can't. He can because he loves in a way. It's so hard for us to understand. God loved so much that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That is love. And of course, Jesus is expressing in this prayer his magnificent love for you. How are you experiencing the love of the Father? Final question. I've already asked it. How are you doing at sharing this message of love? I want you to measure your marriage. I want you to measure your relationship in particular. Remember, Jesus is not praying for the world. He's praying for you and me. How are you doing at sharing the message of love in your marriage, in your relationship with the church, with each other? So believer, the more you grow in accepting this truth, the more effective you're going to be in displaying the love of God. Let's continue to grow together, all right? For those of you who are here, if you have yet to believe in the person of Jesus Christ, you have not accessed the love of God the Father. And it's our desire at Summit Church that you would know the truth of who Jesus is and that you would permit him to bring you into everlasting and loving relationship with the Father. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this amazing word. Oh my goodness, Jesus, that you would think of us when you pray this prayer. That you would be concerned with our protection from the enemy. That you would be concerned that we continue to grow in our relationship with you. That you would be concerned that we experience in unity the same fellowship that you share with the Father. Incredible truths, Lord. May they become more and more real to us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.